If you're ready to blast through, defy the odds, and be the 1%, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to The 1% Life with Johnny Dillon, where you will learn how to master your mind, elevate your sales, and live the 1% life. What's going on, rock stars? Welcome back to another episode of Mindset Monday on The 1% Life. I am so pumped to be here with you today. By the way, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Joni Dillon, peak performance coach and trainer. Today we are talking about beliefs to living an empowered and rich life. Today, I'm going to share with you my personal top 10 beliefs for how you can take your life and and put yourself in the driver's seat so that you can achieve the life of your dreams and you can feel fulfilled and you can feel like you are making a difference. So if you feel like people tend to really get on your nerves and that life kind of has thrown you a hardball or maybe there are times where you just feel like you've really been knocked down and didn't know how to get back up, then you'll want to listen today because I'm going to share with you some mental reframes by thoughts that you can program into your mind to become beliefs to really empower you going forward. Today's episode was brought to you by an inspirational mentor of mine, uh, Brooke Castillo. She's an incredible powerhouse of a master life coach, and she shared her top 10 beliefs that she lives her life by. And while these are none of hers, I actually was inspired to create this for you today. So I definitely needed to give credit where credit was due. Okay. Are you ready for the list? Number one is this. I will always be taken care of. I don't know when I adopted this belief. I feel like it was in my mid-20s at some point where I really started delving into the world of self-development and really began to, to understand that my beliefs in my mind were creating my reality. And if I were to continue to believe that that money was scarce or that I feared not being able to pay my bills or just simply not having enough, that that would become my reality. And so what I chose to do at some point during those years was take on the belief that I will always be taken care of. And I really did program this belief into my mind by saying it over and over and over again. At different times where thoughts of fear would just surface, I literally would say in my mind, Joni, you are always taken care of. I will always be taken care of. And I would say it out loud in conversation to people, you know, when you're talking to your friends and you can't help but talk about your current life situation or financial situation, which in my mid-20s as I was building a business that ended up collapsing at some point, I was, you know, there was balancing my time between jobs and growing my business. And so there were times where I was really struggling and I would have to say to my friends, I'm like, look, I know I'm always going to be taken care of. I'm always taken care of. God always provides for me. And it's so interesting because if thoughts become beliefs, isn't that a more empowering belief to have than one of, oh my God, what happens if I go broke? What happens if my business goes belly up? What happens if all of a sudden 
I lose my job and I'm living paycheck to paycheck right now. Those are like really terrifying beliefs. And the reality is, is that as you guys know, energy flows where your attention goes. And so what we're focused on expands, right? And what we're focused on becomes our absolute reality. So even though I was in a situation perhaps at times throughout those years and um, that I felt, and, and even other times that came up, for example, you have a bad month at work and guess what happens? For those of us who are commissioned sales reps or commissioned, entrepreneurs are all commissioned, right? We, we only make money when we sell goods and services. So if there is a bad month at work or in my business, I would always say, I'm always going to be taken care of. I'm always going to be taken care of no matter what the financial situation really looked like. So I encourage you to, you know, to look at that thought and, and start to say, is that one that could actually help me if I were to take it on as my own? So I made a decision then to never fear not having money and to know that even if I didn't have money in this moment or a lot of money, right? Everything is relative for some people, as long as they have money to pay the rent or pay mortgage, that's enough. But for others, if they don't have 10,000 or 50,000 or even a hundred thousand dollars or more in the bank, that's enough to cause panic, right? And so whatever that metric, that meter is for you, I want you to know that you can choose to believe that you're always going to be taken care of and that no matter what happens, how low that level drops, well, we're going to get to some other good beliefs, but that support this one in particular, I almost gave it away right now. (laughs) See, a lot of these beliefs go together hand in hand. So you're going to notice that. Belief number two is serve first and the rest will follow. I actually got this one from a former colleague of mine who, when I asked her, we were at President's Council and we were having sushi and I said, Sarah, this is Sarah Chen Liu. She's the number one sales rep at our old company for a couple years, well, off and on different years. Nonetheless, she's an incredibly talented rep. And I said, what is, I was new to the industry, one or one year in, I think at the time, maybe two years at the most. And I was representing my company for being number one in my sales site. And I said, Sarah, of course, I'm a, I, I never thought that I arrived anywhere. It was always a journey. Where can I go next? How can I get to that next level? So always picking the minds of people who are already there ahead of me helped me get to that place. And, and so I asked her, I said, Sarah, what is, what do you attribute to the cause of your success? What's the number one thing that you believe has caused your success? And she said, Joni, it is that... I sell to help. I sell to help. So she worded it a little bit differently, and I do use those words as well. But for me, what I what I shifted that into was serve first and the rest will follow. And this is my motto I live by. And really what it comes down to is this. If you are selling out of a place of need, out of a place of personal need and gratification or absolute hunger, right? I need this to succeed at this. I need to sell a deal. I need to hit top level bonus. I need to make X dollars in my business this month. I need to bring in this number of clients. I need to close this number of deals. If you are doing that, you are selling from a different energy. You are selling from an energy of desperation and need more times than not than one of service, okay? Than one of service. And so I'm not saying, here's what I'm not saying. Don't send me a bunch of emails and 
tweets. What I'm not saying is to not care about your goals and care where you're going. That's the last thing you're going to ever hear come out of my mouth and to not focus on that. What I am saying is that the moment you meet your people, the moment you shake their hands, the moment you pick up that phone and you're connected energetically to that person is the moment your focus shifts and becomes and goes to them and goes to them, right? It's not about where you're at in your bonus level. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't focus on creating value, that you, you know, that you only sell small because that's pitch small because they're saying they have no money. That's not what I'm saying again, okay? What I'm saying is, is that you're present with them and you're serving them and their needs. Now, it doesn't mean you don't expand their thoughts, expand their vision of what's possible, but you also are not making it about you, okay? So, when you're selling from this place, when you're selling from this place, energetically, everything changes. They, number one, feel that you care. They feel the energy behind service, behind, oh, this person actually wants me to get, to stretch my thinking, to stretch what's possible, to believe that I can. They believe in me, so why don't I believe in myself as well? Or they're putting this past their commission. They're actually doing something for me that they couldn't do or shouldn't be able to do. And they're putting me first. See, there's an energy that is emitted at whether it's consciously received or not, that is felt. And then of course, there's always a reaction to that energy, right? There's always a, are they leaning in because you're putting out the right energy that's contributing to that? Or are they leaning out and bringing up walls and resistance because you're just pushing, you know, you're pushing your personal agenda that's serving you. Okay. So serve first and the rest will follow. I, I follow this in my business today. What I'm always thinking of, how can I serve at a greater level? How can I take my clients, my coaching clients to another level by giving them more? What have I not thought of yet? That is that one thing that's going to get it to really just click for them, some specific concept or some topic, or what can I do to prepare better today for this training than I did last week? What can I do to, to help them change that, their mindset, to give them the two millimeters shift to say that, yes, I can do this today. Right? So when I'm not saying, or, or simply getting on a, a, a call with somebody who's not a coaching client and really taking myself and my quote unquote needs, which again, I'm always taken care of. So it's not about me. I'd rather say no to the wrong person than meaning they're not ready because not everybody is ready than to push something on someone who's not going to get the results. So if I can help this, this actually, this is funny. I didn't know I'd bring this up, but at my recent event, the high performance breakthrough experience, we had a gal there who she and I had connected on a, a, a strategy session call. I call it my breakthrough 2018 call. At this point, I think it was 2017 where this call happened. And we were really going through what her needs are, what her challenges were in the industry, where she was struggling. And it got to the point where I really said, I said, listen, I don't think you're ready to take the next step yet. And it might have been different words, but I really did communicate that you're not there yet. You don't want it badly enough yet. 
And because you don't want it badly enough, you're not going to get the results that you say you want. And I heard that through the line of answers that I got through my questions, um, the series of answers, and also just the energy behind it. And because I didn't actually make that individual an offer to move forward and coach with me to take courses with me, guess what? It actually ended up up-leveling her, I believe, in a different way. She ended up transferring locations, turning into this, you know, just really stepping into a a person who actually cared about the results that she was getting and was driven for more. She comes to this event, ends up joining my mastermind, the 1% and is on fire, like crazily on fire. So that's so powerful when you can actually serve someone by not serving them. Does that make sense? Like I was, I feel like it was being in service, but I didn't actually say now take this program when they weren't ready to actually get the outcomes because everybody's ready in their own time, right? And that goes to another thing that sometimes people think they're ready when they actually say, yes, they're ready to commit. They're ready to do the work. They're ready to do everything to get the change and the transformation now so that they can achieve their desired outcomes. Yet that fear sinks in and pulls them back, pulls them into that place of scarcity that I can't do this. And then they start blaming and finding reasons and ways to, to justify their failures, okay, or justify why they can't do it. So totally separate here, but all in the, with the, the concept of serving first, the, the mindset of serving first and the rest will follow. Know where they're at and know how you can expand them, help push them into believing what's possible, And are they ready to step in, make the change to say yes in that way, or are they keep continuing to retreat? But their identity is locked into that new place that you're taking them. And if they don't believe it at an unconscious level, they won't achieve it, right? And so there's a lot of work that has to go behind that. But my point is this, take yourself out of the equation The moment you sit with someone, the moment you encounter someone on a phone call or a sales presentation and make it be about them and they will feel it and it will show in your results. You will hit your numbers when you consistently make it about someone else and not about yourself. The moment you catch yourself going back into fear is the moment it's about you. It's the moment that it's all of a sudden about you again. Oh my God, I'm X dollars away from my next bonus level. I haven't sold a sale in two or three weeks. Well, great. What are you focused on? Probably that and probably not them to the level or capability that you could to help them get to their desired outcomes. So then you can ultimately and easily get to yours, right? The universe always rewards those who serve and serve at a high level. So that was number two. Number three is money flows to me easily and effortlessly. I just love this one. A lot of you have heard me say this, especially if you've taken any courses with me before coaching. I believe this so strongly that when you can ingrain this into your subconscious mind, into your mind that's on a deep level, that money just flows to you easily and effortlessly. You shift yourself from a place of scarcity into one of abundance. And you just believe. And again, this kind of goes with, I'll always be taken care of, right? I'm always going to be taken care of. Yet it also, it's at another level. It's at another level because it's not operating from a place of fear or, or lack. It's man, I'm all, I'm living in an abundant universe. God is flowing or the universe, whoever or whatever you believe in is flowing 
flowing money to you easily and effortlessly, right? Because here's, here's the reality. Money is just energy. And I'm going to talk about this in just a moment, but the reality is, is if you can look at money as a flow, is it flowing to you or is it flowing away from you? You will see how you, your thoughts are related around money. If it's flowing away from you, meaning you're giving away far more than you have, or it's not coming to you in the amount or quantity that you desire. Of course, we all want more, sure. Um, but with that being said, that that shows you where your thoughts are around money. And so if you feel like it's going away more than it's coming in, or there's a resistance to it coming in, guess what? You have the ability to change that belief at a core level, at the unconscious level, which will actually create different results and outcomes in your life. So start to take on the new belief that money flows to you easily and effortlessly and start saying that to yourself all the time, especially when thoughts of fear arise, like, man, money flows to me easily and abundantly, easily and effortlessly and in abundance. You can add that onto it as well. So it's just simply shifting you from a place of lack, a place of scarcity to one of abundance. All right. Number four, in every moment, I create the story of my life. So in every moment, I'm creating my story and it is a story. Each one of us has our own story and the story of our past does not define the story of our future. The story of our past has gotten us to where we are today and today is going to get me to where I am tomorrow. So what am I doing in this moment right now that is creating the story that I want? If I'm going to live a story anyway, I might as well make it a damn good one, right? If I'm creating a story or a movie, some people like to think of it as a movie, why not just make it a blockbuster hit? Make sense? You're doing it anyway. Do we want a movie that's really depressing? A movie that's, that's and, and not, there are many blockbusters that are depressing. However, you get my point. It's, we're talking in metaphor here, right? So if you're going to create a movie, why not create an exciting movie of adventure, of abundance, one of achievement, of impact, of, crea- of significance, creating an impact on the world, right? Creating, up-leveling yourself, up-leveling the main character in the story, which is you, or the movie, which is you. So in every moment I'm thinking, well, not every moment, but you get my point. I'll I'll reflect on, this was something key that I actually got from an event that I attended earlier this year. Am I expanding or am I contracting right now? Is that thought one of expansion or one of contraction? Is this action that I'm doing right now, this project that I feel like is dire and necessary, expanding me or contracting me? Is this conversation I'm having right now one of expansion or contraction? Is it helping me or hurting me? Is it creating the story of my dreams or is it holding me back from ever getting there? Powerful, right? And so when we can start to evaluate our conversations, our interactions, our involvement in different projects with people and things, and and whether you say something or you don't, whether you ask the, the question that will take it one step further or you hold back, is that an action of expansion or one of contraction? And if the answer is contraction, well, guess what? You know what to do ask the dang question, right? Or cut off that conversation with that person or, or step into the product project you've been fearing, step into whatever that is that you've been pushing away out of fear and living in contraction. 
pool. This was a big one for me that um, I, I just started labeling it slightly different, which is expansion and contraction. And look, it's, it's pretty easy it, with every single thing we say, we do, we feel even, you can take this down to feelings. Is this a feeling of expansion or contraction? Wow. How powerful is that to say, oh my goodness, I'm totally not living in expansion. I'm not living there right now. So let's change that. Okay. And you can do that. You can just access a feeling that feels better for you. And how do we do that? We go back to a time when, or we think of a thought that really makes us have the feeling that we're seeking. If we're feeling fear and we'd like to be feeling excitement, well, think of a thought that's exciting to you. Think of a time where you accomplish something super exciting that takes away the fear and replaces it. All right, cool. So number five, I make money. Money doesn't make me. Oh, I love this one. This is one I actually got from an ex-partner of mine, an ex-boyfriend of mine, who would always say this. And I didn't really quite get it at the time. I was in my mid-20s and I didn't really get it. But I get it now. And I get it with the meaning that I have given it, okay? And so here's what I take this to mean. What this means to me is this, is that I choose to, to spend money freely, I choose to spend money freely and not to hoard it. I spend it freely knowing that I am blessing the person that I am giving it to. I spend it freely knowing that more is going to come back to me and bless me in return. Okay. So when we talk, when we talk about this, this belief, here's what I want to break it down to. Money is just energy. When you spend it, it is an exchange of energy If you feel bad, so a lot of people, when they spend money, there's a negative feeling around it. If they spend a lot of money, maybe not like going and getting, well, even actually it can be going to the store and spending more than they wanted to on some item. And they're really upset that the milk was an extra dollar or the eggs were an extra two or $3 at that location. Look at what's happened to prices. I catch myself going there sometimes, guys. I really do. And, and, and that is an energy of scarcity. It's an energy of lack. So because money is just energy, if when you are paying your bills, you are feeling really negative about it, you are feeling really anxious or angry or fearful about it, you are projecting an energy as you are exchanging energy, money. And guess what? Energy flows, right? It's, it's always flowing. And so what we project, we are getting back. So when we are paying our bills, if we are con- doing it in a place of fear, anxiety, or st- a stress and overwhelm, we are going to continue to associate giving money and paying other people for goods and services in that way. You are going to be anchored to that moment that you're paying your bills always going forward, unless you change it, as a negative experience for you pretty powerful, right? To think about that because what if we could shift that? What if we could shift that, that thought, that belief, that feeling from one of feeling overwhelmed, stressed, and anxious into one of, I am blessing somebody, I'm blessing the utility company and thank God, thank, I'm so grateful that I, they were able to lend me that electricity in advance. And now I'm giving them money. How beautiful of a thought is that? Wow, I've just borrowed electricity for a month or two or three, depending on how, I don't know how electricity works, just gets paid, right? But what if you were to change that thought from, oh my God, I got to pay rent again. I got to pay my mortgage to, I am so grateful 
and blessed that I'm able to pay my rent and mortgage. I'm so grateful and blessed that I have a roof over my head and that I'm going to bless the owner of this building or the owner of the, you know, the bank right now because they're letting me live in this home until it's paid off in 30 years. That's pretty powerful if you think about it. So it's also a, a more empowering belief to have. When you're paying somebody back from money that you were lent, Instead of just throwing it in their hands, instead of just throwing it on the table, why don't you hand it to them and say, thank you so much for for lending this to me in a time of need. I so appreciate it. Take this money and do something, you know, powerful for yourself or or just giving somebody money from a place of, of love and joy and gratitude. It's very different. Here's another example. When you go out to dinner, have you ever noticed, like, it might even be yourself, Um, but sometimes people feel resentful for having to pick up the bill. There's a feeling of resentment. Like a lot of people just kind of sit back and, and don't take care of the bill, right? In different social circles. And those people where they're like waiting for like someone to, you know, they're, or they're nickel and diming every penny instead of like, I don't want to split the bill up four ways. I didn't have an extra drink. I didn't get that appetizer. That's also living in scarcity. That's also restricting the flow of money to you. That's also going to keep you broke or keep you where you're at and not take you or allow you to go to the next level. So what if you were to say to actually pay for dinner, knowing maybe you didn't even have the money or in abundance at the moment, but you just wanted to bless somebody else by saying, let me get this. I got this. I got everybody's or simply, yeah, split it four ways. If it's not going to, you know, put you in the poor house or throw you out onto the street, but actually it will allow you to not do that because you're actually creating a, a much more, a dynamic shift of energy than by restricting it, hoarding it, right? It's very powerful when you can give something freely, especially when you don't have it. I know somebody who who's close to me who says, listen, when I'm down to my last dollar, I actually give it away. What? It actually blew my mind hearing this, and it's been more times than not. I'll be down to my last $5 or $10 because of how this person gets paid. And, you know, and sure, there's some scarcity things going on there as well, (laughs) which for another, another, you know, not for this episode at least. But nonetheless, the fact that that individual is conscious enough, conscious meaning meaning at a higher level to know that, that their higher power will take care of them when they do give something that they don't have. What a powerful, what a powerful feeling of, or expression of love to somebody else and one of fearlessness, fearlessness, not having fear and one of just trust and having faith. So I just thought I'd share that with you. Um, okay. Where am I at? I think that was, I make money. Money doesn't make me. Okay, number six. If it's meant to, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. If it's meant to be, it's up to me. And I really love this one. And this is a saying you've heard it probably before, but it's one that I really do live by. It, it not only what it does it, it empowers me to believe that I'm not sitting around waiting for someone else to show up into my life to create the results that I want. I'm not waiting for that partner, that business partner, to say to do what they said they were going to do in order to get the outcome. I'm not waiting for the the stars to be aligned properly, for Mercury to get out of retrograde, for Mars to get out as well, for me to have an incredible month, for my business to thrive again, for this, you know, whatever to happen. I'm not waiting for that ever because if it's meant to be, it's up to me. 
And if I don't believe in that saying, in that that powerful mindset shift and belief at a core level, I'm looking to blame someone else for why I can't achieve, why I'm not able to do what I say I'm going to do. It's that simple. Nobody's here to babysit you on this earth. No, well, apart from being like up until eight years of age or 12 years of age, whatever that age is, nobody is here to take care of you. You are an adult and it is up to you to make your dreams come true. No one's here to fight for you, but you. And when you can really understand that and and not look at it as that's pretty harsh, Joni, my husband believes in me or my wife does. Okay. I'm not saying that's not true. But how much more empowering is it to believe that if I don't make this happen, they're not going to either. That if I don't step up and create the income that we need, they're not either. If I don't do this now for us, for me, then nobody else is going to make this happen. Isn't that a much more empowering belief than one of, well, I don't know, leads are light. Things are light right now. It's an off time. It's Christmas. It's a slow month. It's a whatever. People don't buy right now. No, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. Take it, own it, live by it, and your world will change. You'll stop placing blame on why you didn't get there. You'll stop placing blame on why you haven't been able to um, to be, take action on something that needs attention and action right now. You'll, you'll able to just, you'll be able to just own everything around you. And there's, there's a couple of these really do go hand in hand, but if it's meant to be, it's up to me, take it, own it, live by it. You'll be so happy and grateful that you did. Perception is projection. Number seven, this is a common theme that, um, I'm constantly self-evaluating And here's what it comes down to. It comes down to this. So there was a a Swiss psychologist, most of you have probably heard of him, Carl Jung, Jung, however you want to say it. And he, along with Freud, Sigmund Freud and Adler, they really, the three of them really created much of the field of psychology, okay, that we know today. And what Jung said was this, is that we can only perceive what is already in our consciousness, what's already in our consciousness. So he said that what we perceive is who we are. It's who we are. So how I'm perceiving the world is actually who I am. What we perceive outside ourselves is who we are. So that means within someone else, within your coworkers, within your trainers, within your colleagues, within your significant others, your family members. That's who you are. Now, this is going to get heavy for some of you. And, and this is just what Jung believes. And there's a whole spectrum of belief along this. And, and so whether you're on the far one side or far other side, is it's okay. Um, you know, let, let me just continue. So that means that we can't perceive anything outside of ourselves that is not already within us. And so here's what that really looks like. It, what, what Jung says is that when something is unresolved within you, it will surface outside of you. So if there's some sort of repressed feeling, repressed emotion that hasn't been dealt with yet, repressed thought or unresolved thought, feeling, emotion, it's going to show up in your world and you're going to usually get a really visceral reaction from it. It's going to like 
you know, does the person just really get your goat? Like someone just really irritates you, right? And so, or maybe there's somebody who you're like, that person is a total scam artist, or I don't believe anything they say. They're a total liar. They're a thief. That sort of reaction is, according to Carl Jung, and I'm not saying this is true. I'm not saying this is true. And what that means is that if you are feeling that, according to Jung, that there is something unresolved within you that is causing that reaction. Okay. Really powerful. So it's important to recognize. So let me actually, let me back up for a quick second. So you might like look at somebody and you say, okay, so, and the spectrum is that some people believe that every single thing is a projection. Like everything you're experiencing is a projection because I couldn't experience it if it wasn't within us. Other people think that the other side is that it's only when you get a massively visceral reaction, one that flares you up where it's like, oh my God, this just really angers me or really just gets me floored, floored that, and then there's a spectrum in between anywhere in between. Okay. So just know that there's not really one side or the other. I personally have my own beliefs when it comes to this that, you know, differ from other people. And so, but when you can, here's the empowering empowering side of this. When you can actually find out and own what is your projection, you can change it. You can change it. So when we're looking at someone and you're like, okay, I totally like Johnny. Like Johnny's a rock star. He's incredible at sales. He's just, he's number one. He closes at this percentage, 40%, whatever it is, or 80%, depending on what you do. And you know, he's, he's just such a rock star and a good person. I can see that he's maybe my projection, right? He's my projection. But then that person over there, like Bob, is definitely not my projection. Like, I can't stand Bob. He's always irritating. He's super annoying. He never stops talking about himself. He's totally filled in, the, with, in his head. He's just, his ego is so high. He's so selfish. That person is definitely not my projection. <laughs> so Carl Jung says is that, yes, they both are. They both are. And especially the unresolved person, because at an unconscious level, we tend to take our most unconscious material and project it on people and events around us. Notice how, like, I have a friend who's constantly griping about their their significant other, and it's just so frustrating for them because they're always talking and elevating their status and their ego, and they never listen. Hmm. So this would, in this context, what are you not listening to or who are you not listening to as well? That's creating that reaction within you, right? That reaction of they don't listen to me or what, or even about the ego, right? Where's your ego surfacing in your life? That's how we look at a projection in order to find it and what it really, where it exists. So Jung says that that is that which is unconscious must of need be projected on people and events that are around us, that are around us. So it's very important concept to understand because oftentimes if we, not oftentimes, every time, if we do not become aware of it, it will continue to repeat itself. Think of relationships. Have you ever known someone who is attracted to a certain type of personality or perhaps they tend to continue to find themselves attracting the exact same guy or girl like the psycho or the alcoholic or the abuser? And, you know, sure, I'm not even, please, 
just understand I'm not going into the psychology behind that or what caused it or any of that. What I'm simply saying is that something at an unconscious level is unresolved, which is projecting that continuing to project that out and bringing certain situations into their life. That's what Carl Jung says. And now I'm not saying that, but what I'm telling you is you can make that own decision for yourself is that, that you have the ability to see and change how your life evolves and what shows up to you through your own projections. Okay. So until that projection becomes conscious, meaning when you look outside of yourself and realize that what I observed outside of me is just me, things won't change until you realize it, that there's something unresolved within you that is causing that to show up continually in your life. That's causing that reaction. That's causing that situation to continue to surface. It won't change right? The grass is not greener on the other side, right? This whole thing is like when people leave a certain job or environment, we're just going to move over here because it's better for us. Or I'm going to leave this company because it's just that other company was horrible. They didn't bring me the right qualified people. I couldn't sell. Management was horrible. So they go to another place and guess what? They recreate the exact same results. Why? Because there was something unresolved within them that was creating that situation, that projection to surface. And so it's going to continue to find them and follow them and show up in different ways until they become aware of it. Take the learnings from it. This is key. What am I learning from this? What was it serving me to have that projection? For what purpose did I have that projection? For what purpose was that showing up in my life? Am I done with it? Can I put it to rest now? Great. Thank you, unconscious mind. I'm ready to move on with my life in a more empowered, stronger, happier way. So much more empowering that way, right? And then the thing is to realize that pretty much everything is you. It's you. It's not the other person. It's you. So we need to ask ourselves again, what is it in me that I need to deal with so that I can stop having this negative experience and change the way I view it so that the people, the situation, the circumstances, and the outcome turn out differently for me? Powerful, right? All right. Number eight. I am where I am because of me. I am where I am because of me. And that also, again, a lot of these are really related. I'm sure you can see. And it also creates for a really powerful blueprint of your life when you can take on and own just beliefs at this deep of a level that really do help help you navigate through life. I am where I am because of me. So here's why I believe this. Because again, I've got to own everything in my life in order for anything to change. If I don't believe that I am the reason why I failed my first business, failed X number of relationships, right, in the past, failed at whatever is a perceived failure to me, now I look at it differently as a learning, then if I didn't see that and own that within me, which I definitely didn't at the time, I'll be fully candid. I did not see that my business failing was my fault. It was my, my ex-boyfriend's fault because he didn't help me. He didn't help me and work on the business when he could have helped me after he got home from work all the time. I didn't, that was his fault. It failed. Um, I, it was also his fault that the relationship failed because, you know, for X number of reasons, I don't even remember anymore, which the person I'm talking about that was related to that business. Diego's daddy. 
<laughs> and so y'all didn't know I co-parent a four-legged creature. And so if I didn't own all those things, oh, here's another one. I moved down to right out of college. I, I just told this at my event for the first time. It's funny when you actually say something that was you were so fearful to say before, it reduces the power of it. It all of a sudden just empowers you by speaking it out loud. I told them that I was like, look, I didn't tell people first. This was in... Um, so this was about how many years? 16 years ago. Jeez, don't, please don't do the math on that. Maybe less, maybe less, <laughs> I think. Um, that I, that I, le- I took a job and got fired from this job that I oversold myself into, and which is great. Like I can oversell myself into a job at, you know, 21, 22 years of age, left States and got hired by this incredible company to be like pretty much their director of marketing. And I had like no experience doing this. Well, I ended up getting up fired from the job within like four to six weeks. I can't quite recall. And I didn't tell anybody that for a long time, for like years and years and years until like last month at my event was the first time. Maybe I'd told a couple people, two people before that within a few months of that. So I am where I am because of me. If I didn't have that failure, quote unquote failure, I wouldn't be running a thriving, extremely successful business today. I had to have that. I had to have that failure to get to where I'm at today to realize that that's never going to happen to me. And if it did, it'd only be for a higher purpose anyway. And that my relationships ended the way they ended um, because of me, not them, me. And, And if I can own that, then I can also change that going forward. I can change that going forward. Who do I want to show up as now? Who do I want to show up differently? Or how do I want to show up? And who would that person be that would actually have a successful, thriving relationship? Didn't mean to talk about all this today. This is what happens. (laughs) Put me in front of a mic. Uh, Okay, nine. We got to move. This is a longer podcast. If I don't like how I'm feeling... Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. That's all part of that one. Um, (laughs) Going back to real quickly... I am where I am because of me. This is powerful. I was actually going to make this a separate one, but I grouped it here because there was another really powerful one I wanted to add for you. If I don't like how I'm feeling, I can change it. I can change it. And that is all part of I am where I am because of me. So I created that feeling. So guess what? I can also uncreate that feeling. How powerful is that to say, look, I'm feeling really depressed right now. And even though I'm feeling really depressed, I can choose to feel undepressed right now, or I can choose to feel happy. I'm feeling really scared right now, but instead of that feeling that's really not helping me, not empowering me, it's not helping me create the story of my life that I want in every moment, right? I'm actually going to change that feeling and go back to a time where I was happy. And then when I go into that time and really feel it, that moment, that experience, I'm starting to shift my, my physiology that's shifting me up from a place of fear to a place of happiness. I think I use the word fear. And then number uh, nine is, is a one that I absolutely love. And it's a reminder for me to live by this daily. Serve from my overflow. I got this from Lisa Nichols from The Secret. And Lisa Nichols, uh, if you've ever seen the movie The Secret or read the book, she talks about, well, she might not talk about it there, but I've, I've done some trainings with her in the past. And she talks about this concept of service, of being in service, and you can only be in service to the level that you are serving yourself. 
Okay, so if if I'm not feeling my at my prime, if I'm not feeling in a in a very happy, healthy, fulfilled peak state, I cannot serve. I cannot bring other people up to that level. And so, if I'm only serving from my cup, which I love this metaphor, if I'm serving from my cup, guess what I'm doing? Like imagine a saucer, right, with a little coffee cup on it, and I'm serving from my cup. I'm continuing to take out of my cup. I'm continuing to deplete my cup. So guess how I'm going to be feeling energetically? Guess how I'm going to be feeling spiritually? Guess how I'm going to be feeling in all areas of my life, physically, spiritually, energetic, all of it, I'm going to feel depleted. So how can, for those of us who are in service, which if you are selling anything, you are in service to other people. For those of you who are parents, you are in service to your little ones or your grown ones if they're still in the house. You have to have your cup so filled that it is overflowing, overflowing with happiness, with joy, with supreme health and well-being and energy, positive energy, thriving energy, so you can serve from your overflow. Man, when I heard this, it sunk in me so deeply. I never let it go. And this was in 2009 that I first heard this. And it has helped me maintain how I eat. Have I been eating well today? Nope. Grab a bag of spinach and just throw some greens into my, into my body. Literally, I become Popeye, the sailor man, often. Um, if I'm not eating, I'll, I'll, well, have I worked out in the last 48 hours? Nope. Go, you know, go work out. I did that today after taking a two hour, well, actually it was about an hour and 90 uh, 90 minutes, excuse me, walk on the beach. I then went and worked out and then I meditated. That is how I serve from my overflow and then dove into work in order to perform at the levels that are required of me to be in service and to be a high performance coach and to pull other people up with me and to deliver this podcast here for you and have the clarity to be able to speak it into existence, how it needs to be heard and received. So I hope you like that. Serve from your overflow. And number 10, there is no such thing as a lack of resources, only a lack of resourcefulness. You know that Tony Robbins said this, and if you don't know, now you do. Uh, He might not have even been the original person to say this, but it is so profound and so applicable to everything that we do in life. So often we fall into victimhood status where we're, we're like, oh, I can't do this because I'm waiting for this to happen so I can't take my next step. I'm waiting for so-and-so to call me back so I can't do this. I can't achieve the numbers that I want to achieve because my circumstances, my environment isn't right. My manager's a total jerk. And so, sorry, if any of you are listening to the managers in your room, please look at that manager and say, we love you. And, and I can't perform to the level of my capability because they're not letting me. What? Excuse me. First of all, you're in control of your state, right? If you don't like how you're feeling, change it, get empowered. You are where you are because of you going back to number eight. And also how can you get resourceful in that moment? to find the answers you need, to get the deal down, to, to get something approved. How can you be resourceful, also creative, that's another synonym for resourceful, to find the money, to get them resourceful, to get the people you're trying to help resourceful, because you can only help them get resourceful if you are in a resourceful place. And resourcefulness, we fall in and out of. 
We do it with our family members. We do it with our friends. When we say, I can't, you're being unresourceful. Yes, you can. Anything's possible. It won't allow me to. I, you know, if, if I could, I would. Unresourceful. So who can you go to? What can you do? What have you not thought of yet to make this a possibility and to make it happen today, right? These are all ways that we look at, at getting what we want accomplished, getting to our outcomes that we desire through being resourceful. There's no such thing as a lack of resources, only a lack of resourcefulness. I can't afford this yet. Yes, you can. You haven't thought of how yet. You haven't even said you want it yet. So how can you, of course you can't afford it because you got to want it first. You, you're thinking about how to get out before you've got in before you've committed to getting in. So resourcefulness is, this, this frame is a frame that I, re, I suggest you really take on and live by because it's going to help you navigate life's challenges in different ways. When things surface and come up that you're feeling a resistance towards, a roadblock, it's all possible. Nothing's too good to be true. How can you get resourceful enough to find a way to make it happen? How can you get resourceful enough to make your dreams come true? Oh my goodness, rock stars. You guys are amazing. I really enjoyed delivering this episode for you today. We went long today. And here's what I want you to do. Take on the any of these. I encourage you to take on any or all of these beliefs that I carry through my life. It's my blueprint for my life take them on as your own and add some to it or take some away if you feel the need to and really look at them and read them daily and incorporate them into your life by reminding yourself of them daily so they become unconscious. So you start operating out of this place at an unconscious level. And when you fall out, maybe you have a friend remind also take on these beliefs. They remind you to get back in or a family member, get back in, right? Oh, you're being unresourceful. Oh, you're, um, you're blaming other people again. You know, you are where you are because of you. So what can you do to change that right now? How can you get resourceful? They all go hand in hand. Okay. Oh my goodness. Get out there, rock stars. It is the 23rd of July. There is so much time in your month left to really create the month of your dreams, to change people's lives, to show them what's possible, to uplift someone and to help them dream, to take out their perceived obstacles from their road, their, their pathway in front of them, and to help them just navigate around them so they can just flow around these boulders in the water and just believe that what's possible for one is possible for me. Get out there and create an amazing day, rock stars. You certainly deserve it. Until next time on The 1% Life, peace. If you enjoyed today's episode of The 1% Life, please leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. And make sure to share it with your friends. We'll catch you next time.